Andrew was over at Billy's this week, so we took the opportunity to get together and try and record the details of how Billy created and played various characters over the years. In part one, we wanted to talk to Billy about Santa Claus. It took a while to get him on topic, but we eventually learned a lot about all those Christmases with Santa Billy. Those were certainly beautiful parties. And we're, uh, we're trying something new with devices and FaceTiming. And, and for the record, I have a lovely view of the ceiling or a wall or something. So. <laughs> there we go. There's a face. I don't know. Maybe the wall was better. Uh, <laughs> did you hear that, Billy? Do what? The wall or the ceiling was better. <laughs> and, and is there any way we can turn so that that window's not behind you? Because mostly all I can see is the sun. There you go. Those are nice blinds. Where'd those come from? Simply shutters. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows that. All right, yeah. Billy. What are we gonna talk about? I got, I got ideas. Uh, Andrews had ideas. Uh, well, what about Christmas I, parties at the house? Well, yeah, that that could come later. But what, what I'd like to emphasize early on, what went on with me and Andrew a little bit, that uh, the first bicycles we ever got. Uh huh bicycles they had training wheels but they were the the old bicycle that had the solid rubber tires and they were just meant to ride and play on and of course we had to go through the turning wheel thing and that took took me no time it took andrew forever <laughs> as usual <laughs> well yeah he He's always had a screwed up equilibrium, but we uh, we rode them bicycles. I think it was uh, two or three years, probably from the ages of five to eight, when, uh, up until we got the big swim bicycles to throw papers on. But we, the most significant thing about those bicycles is when we had to when we gave them up. There was a, I remember my front tire being a little bit of the rubber there, but the back, it was just all, it was all rim, no rubber. Mm-hmm. Wore it out. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember about Andrews in any event that, and that was one of the tools we also used to, uh, to escape from global farm when we'd sneak in there and, and steal gum when we when we couldn't get back to the fence or up over the fence or whatever we'd we'd ride those bicycles down the side of the store getaway bikes way, you know cause at, after we committed the robbery well there's a statute of limitations on uh robbery so you're okay talking about that well it was uh i'll put it this way it was a so-called robbery because uh the the uh what do you call it the uh 
the person that the person that's been perpetrated, the victim. The victim. Yeah, the victim knew all too well. Yeah, he could just put it on the account, and then Grandpa had that, to deal with it. That he was going to get paid. Yeah. So, so there again. So if we got those bicycles for Christmas, and uh, and I'm sure some form of Santa Claus showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Billy wasn't the Santa Claus. He was too short and fat. What's your short and fat? <laughs> I'm not. I play football, son. <laughs> tell, tell Mark and I when's the first time you or reason why you uh, played Santa Claus. Um, because you wouldn't. Oh God! <laughs> Again, oh, that's right. He he couldn't because he can't grow facial hair. Oh my God! <laughs> but uh, uh, the first time I ever played Santa Claus was uh, I don't know several years after our professional Santa Claus uh, had to stop doing it, or either he passed away. Oh. Now I remember there was a Santa Claus before you that I remember. Yeah. What was his name, Bill? Uh, Swift. Um, Jim? Jim Swift. He was a uh, retired railroad worker for the GMO. And uh, he, he started doing uh, Santa Clauses for the GMO parties downtown and and for a lot of the uh, elite, he, d- he did it for, uh, what was that club for the lawyers? The Athelson Club? Yeah. Um, because uh, when he became ill later on, after I'd started doing it, he asked me to do one or two of those gigs downtown for those lawyers. And... Uh, that was pretty cool because he, he let me use his suit and his beard and whatnot. So was the family folks working in the railroad the reason we ended up having him at our family yeah. gatherings? Well, it was uh, trying to make that connection. I can't remember how or why he ended up coming to our house. But uh, he was he was very very professional. His suit and entourage came from New York, and um, he used to do Christmas at the Loop. He used to do Christmas at the Grand Hotel in Point Clear. Uh, that was some of his notable um, attractions. I think he even played Santa Claus and Fairhope. Christmas parade. He did our gig at Lansdowne for probably 12, 13, 14 years in a row. And all those gigs, that's when um, me and Terry Faye Jackson and Teresa's other friend would do the Santa Claus gigs. And Flo, Flo helped you out. Flo, yeah, your mama helped a couple of years. She was an elf. But was it was it Jim and that process that gave you the idea to be Santa Claus, or had you thought about doing that before? 
Oh, no. Uh, it was something I dreamed up. And uh, I even built a stage with a false bottom in it. That when I when I get in there and stick my legs through it, it makes me look like I'm three feet tall. Yeah, well, you were an elf. I was his elf. And every uh, every year when he'd come in to do the the Christmas party for all of us, and you know that was fifty or sixty people there, I believe, mm-hmm. and people would be everywhere. Um, when he'd come in through the back door and he'd he came through the bright room and he'd look, he'd slow down and he'd look around the corner because he never knew what he was going to com- be confronted with. It was it was a different <laughs> deal, a different surprise, a, whatever. Every year, it was different for him. It was just as much a surprise for him as it was for the kids to see him each and every new year. So in what way? What, what would you have done to change what he would see coming around the corner? We would do different skits. Uh, every year before he showed up, during, while he was there, we was doing skits and playing jokes on each other, you know, with him. And, you know, it just made the whole Santa Claus with kids uh, experiment, experiment all the more yeah. uh, attractive, mm-hmm. not only for the kids, but for the adults, too. Um it's funny, I don't remember the skits. Do what? I don't remember the skits. Okay. So one of them was um one of them was um one year and I think Andrew's son, Matthew, was the first one. Yes. The Jack in the Box. Yeah. And we took one of those you know, those things that you buy the accordion <coughs> fold things that you lay out on the lawn and kids crawl through. Uh-huh. It's like a big old inchworm. Yeah. Well, that was the that was the coil for the the jack in the box, <laughs> and built the big old box with a big handle and it looked like a big jack in the box. And we get everybody to sing that song. Da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun. Pop goes the weasel. And then, <laughs> and of course, Matthew would jump out of the box. Well, one year. One year we decided to do it with Terry Faye Jackson. Now you remember Terry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she got in that box one day and that inchworm thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she went down in it, you know, right at the last minute before Santa Claus came in. And everybody did a little song. Dun, 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 dun. Pop goes the weasel. And she didn't pop out. So I beat on the box because I'm George the Elf sitting standing right next to her, three feet tall. When, when, when the heck's going on with Terry, you know? I'm beating on the box. What's go- What's the matter? What's the matter, Jack? Come on. Jack, will you get your Jack um, out? So we did it again, did it again, and all of a sudden you, you finally hear this faint voice. Help, I'm stuck. I can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> it was true. She couldn't get out. She folded herself up in there, and she couldn't get out. So. We had to manually do it that year. <laughs> manually pour out. So, and then uh, the next few years came your your mama, 
beautiful young elf. And then Jeannie Ba, is Jeannie, Donnie's oldest daughter, she did it. But no, every year, uh, the Jim Sweat, the uh, Santa Claus, he'd, he'd expect you know, one year we did the whoopee cushion where he sat down and he, I think he wanted to hit me. Has <laughs> <laughs> he come back up off that whoopee cushion? And then the biggest, the biggest, the biggest year, he and his wife, oh, yeah. Mrs. Swift, was celebrating their 30th, 40th, some big anniversary. So as a surprise to him, we had her dress up in the same dress that your mama wore several times as an L. And or Mrs. Santa Claus, right? Right. And had dressed up as Mrs. Santa Claus. And we had Mrs. Swift. Uh, Santa Claus came in, did his deal and all that. And then everybody, we announced it. Everybody, we had a big surprise for Santa Claus. Unbeknownst to him, we had her chauffeured in and in that outfit. And he, he just... Uh, the rest of the night, he, he could hardly talk. He just could not believe that we pulled that much snow over his head. <laughs> Beautiful. You know, that, that was truly an awesome Santa Claus experience. experience with him and our family. Probably the most memorable. Yep. 12 or 13 years, Billy? 12 or 13 years we did that, and then I think he had a heart attack and passed away. So how many years did you do it after? So I, I started doing it, I don't know, the next year or the year after. But the uh, first thing I had to do was buy me an outfit. and I bought me a, a cheap outfit from uh, Claude Moore uh, on Hallsmill Road, and it cost a little over $500. $500 for a Santa Claus suit? Yes, sir. Wow. And that did not include boots, beard, or hair. Wow. Cheap, so, cheap I imagine. Huh? Real yeah. cheap. And it was made in New York. Yeah. So, but I spent the next two years paying for that thing. Is, uh, what, how long did that suit last, or is it still the one you have, or did you upgrade at some point? No, I've still got the same one in there. I haven't, I haven't worn that suit. I wore it one time last year to make pictures with the new grandkids. I did Santa Claus gigs for a little over 25 years. So where else did and you? I had, uh, I had uh, regular uh, Santa Claus gigs. I had three or four of them, regular ones I did every year. One of them was the Eanes. The Eanes family mm -hmm. lived around the corner. Yeah. I did that family for almost 15 years. I saw a lot of their kids and grandkids and great-grandkids grow up seeing me each and every year. We'd meet out at uh, Catherine, uh, the oldest mm -hmm. girl's house out there and on Rangeline Road, and I did uh, I did a neighborhood uh, ridge lawn 
off Hillcrest. I did it for, I think it was 20 years. Yeah, I did it for 20 years. And uh, I, of course I did hundreds of other gigs, hundreds. I, I could do, I could do 10 to 20 gigs a year. Wow. And make, make upwards to 50, anywhere from 50 to $150 a gig. And a gig usually took about 30 to 40 minutes. And I could do, I could do two or three a day. So some days yeah. would you get up, get your makeup on, get all dolled up and stay that way for a lot of the day? Uh, most of it was from 12 to like 8 or 9 o'clock at night, yeah. And I had, I would drive from Baldwin County to Mobile County sometimes two or three times a day to do it. And uh, I did a lot of uh, Santa Claus gigs for St. Pius, uh, for, for uh, Our Lady of Lourdes, uh, for St. Mary's, Christ the King in Fairhope. Oh, no, Daphne. Yeah, I did a lot of Santa Claus gigs for them. Beautiful. Yeah. I remember one time you came over to... Uh, Santa Rosa Beach, where I lived, and did uh, Santa Claus for St. Rita's. Yeah, I didn't get paid nothing. <laughs> well, it was it was a Andrew got paid under the table, but I didn't. Well, it was a sneaky thing. Yeah, that's they what all, he said. You got paid under the table. It was it was a uh, sneaky thing. <laughs> no, it was it was the 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 regular Santa Claus was under the weather. And it was a last-minute thing, so they said, you know, because I worked there, would you do Santa Claus? And I said, sure, as if, you know, I've got a suit, da-da-da-da-da. No, uh-uh. So what I did is I called Billy, and Billy agreed to do it, but I'd never let on to them. What's he shaking his head no for? I was never let on to the church or the people there, the prisoners, that I wasn't going to do it, but I made them think all along I was going to do it. But I introduced Billy, or at least let him know, Santa Claus is coming down the hallway. So I stepped back into the hallway, shut the door, and in pops Billy. And I never show up during the thing, the gig, until after Billy leaves and I pop in the door and everybody's looking at me like, <laughs> I'd he change that quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was, you know why he popped back in the door? So he wouldn't have to give you any of the money? Because I, <laughs> I was a big hit. <laughs> if I had flopped, it would have just gone on. <laughs> But that that was amazing. That I, I, but the had the, Billy had the children in stitches in awe. Every one of them, were, and they could not believe that I grew a beard so fast. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, especially after a couple of them tried to pull it. <laughs> there you go. But that's a common that's a common Santa Claus thing, right? Everybody's pulling on your beard. Oh yeah. Well, the sneakiest part about that whole deal was 
I never got paid a dime. The Beautiful Party Podcast is produced by Mark Still. Our original podcast cover art was created by Liam Still. Our original music was composed and performed by Matthew Still. The Beautiful Party is a podcast about the family of Donald and Catherine Still, as told by their descendants and extended family. If you have memories to share or stories to tell, reach out to Mark at thepracticalstill.com. We'd love to record and share those memories too. What a beautiful party.